Good morning, everyone. You're listening to The Better Modesto Show with your host, myself, Ulysses Vasquez, and our co-host, Chris Rickey, and our co-host, Jim Applegate, is once again missing. Um, he is on a plane somewhere once again. Um, on, but we're here. I think on- he's doing it on purpose, man. Is he? What do you think? Yeah, he's I- like, oh, it's Wednesday. I better get on a plane. Uh-oh. Yeah. Miss I the mean- show again. Oops. I don't even know if he ever touched ground, actually. I'm <laughs> he's, still, he's still hovering. <laughs> and by the way, you're listening on Power Talk 1360 KFIV and also live on the iHeartRadio app. Um, hello, Chris. How are you doing? Man, I just, um, you know, it's a new world, right? Remote world. And so I had a good a good friend of mine that uh, asked me, said, hey, you want to come and work remote up at my, uh, my place in North Star for a couple of days? And I was like, yeah, that sounds all right. So we went out, went, went up to his place and rolled out a few computers and worked and had dinner for a couple of days and then came back. So I just I just got back because, you know, I knew Joe would be here today. So I wanted to make sure to be back, you know, in my office at home, you know, ready for this for the radio show today. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, do you want to introduce Chris, uh, who we have on today? Yeah, we do. We, we have the city manager of the city, the great city of Modesto, California. Joe Lopez is with us. How are you doing, Joe? Very good. Thank you for having me here today. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. You know, Joe, uh, I, I was going to, I wanted to ask you, because uh, I actually had my first experience of this this Saturday. I actually went to a crab feed and participated in one. Um, have you ever been to a crab feed before? Crab feeds are the best. Are you kidding me? Really? Where else can you just put a bib on, get your hands dirty, and eat as much crab and salad and pasta as you want. They're fantastic. Yeah. And usually they're done for a good cause, which is that's true. That's true. I actually went to, so as I mentioned as I mentioned previously, I was part of the Latino Leadership Initiative mm-hmm. through City Ministry Network. So they had their crab feed fundraiser and I went. And that was my first time. You know, I swear I think the crab winked at me. You know, I think. <laughs> It, it, it gave me a look like, what are you doing? But, um, but it, w- it was such a unique experience. And you could tell who are the people who are like really ready. You know, the people who bring the. the oh, they're prepared. Oh, no, they're, they come. They come prepared. A couple the pros, other, the pros, it, so to speak. Yeah, it was, it was intense. Joe, what, what is something that you bring? Do you bring anything to the crab feeds? Or? No, is a bottle of wine count. Um, usually I mean, that's better. what I bring. <laughs> Chris, have you ever had any experience uh, wrestling or with one of these crabs out here? I mean, I have not done the crab feed phenomenon. I probably should. I mean, especially for, you know, something like the Latino Leadership Initiative that's been like so impactful, you know, in our community. I wish I'd wish I'd known about it, but I haven't actually been to crab feed. And so I'm feeling like kind of left out right now. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, no, it's, it's, you know, it's an intense experience. It's not an intense experience, but like, I mean, is it, is it, does it go to the point of spiritual? Is it like a spiritual experience too? Like, you know, connecting with these crabs and no. (laughs) (laughs) Almost. I mean, I would say that like the amount of effort you have to, to do to like focus, to open up and crack open this, these, you know, these crabs, it's like, it's intense. Like you're working, it's like playing a chess match and you're just trying to see how you can get the crab meat out. It's definitely a process. And the big question is, did you sit there and pick all your crab meat out at, the, at one time or did you pick and eat? Like there's two different ways you go, right? You either you're the person who sits there and just cracks all the crab to get all the meat out 
and then you have this pile of crab, or do you just take the crab one at a time and pick the meat out and eat as you go? Two different types of crab feed people. That's so true. I, I oh, we have to guess what kind of crab person Joe is then. Yeah. <laughs> is he Joe, like, uh, is he, Joe what do you think? a little methodical. I mean, I think he, he kind of, you know, he's got his processes and I think, I think he's like, he waits. I think he can delay the gratification. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking he's a, yeah, he's a crack it open and put it in a pile and save it until it's done kind of guy. Oh, Chris, you know me all too well. <laughs> Yes. It, it, it's all strategic. It's all <laughs> laid out. All laid out in a plan. Absolutely. That's amazing. And if our listeners, if you want to share your tips on, you know, what what is how, how do you make the most out of that craft feed experience? Feel free to email us at uh, the better better modesto show at gmail.com, better modesto show at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your tips and even love to share. If anyone has any tips, we'll, we'll lovely would love to share. For uh, our other list, our other our listeners for the next episode. Um, so, Joe, now that we know a little bit more about you, um, tell us a little bit more about you know your roots here. Uh, I know I've heard that. Yeah, you're from around here, I assume. Well, I'm originally from the Bay Area. I moved to Modesto in uh, January of 2012 and have resided here ever since. But I actually have um, what we've actually learned very recently. Uh, my my wife's family actually has a lot of roots here in Modesto. Uh, my 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 wife's dad's dad actually had a um, bakery delivery business here in Modesto um, in the in the twenties and thirties, and um, he's actually we we he my father in law discovered this. Um, little Modesto badge. It's probably about this big. The listeners can't see my fingers. It's probably a couple inches tall um, because he was, um, he contributed money for MPD to, to purchase their first radios. And so they gave him a little, a little, um, a badge to commemorate the, the money that he donated to the police department. So I thought that was pretty cool. That is so cool. Chris, do you get a badge for like what are you doing city council i do i get this like magic card that'll get me into um, it gets me in the building city hall like 24 hours a day 365 <laughs> days a year but you know i did try it at um at the police department you know to see like hey can i, I like you know when i have a meeting with the chief can i buzz myself in right no it doesn't let you do that it like it's like nah you don't have that that kind of clearance right but it's it, you know it gets me in it gets me in city hall so that's pretty cool so that kind of counts. It's kind of like a magic card, sort of. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I definitely, I can imagine that the magic card could let you into a lot of places, but it doesn't give you grant you all access to Modesto. Yeah, like I, I don't know. I haven't tried it at a fire station. I don't know if it works at a fire station or not, but I mean, it probably should, right? There should be like, you know, no. Joe's saying no. Joe's nodding now. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? I just let him come by and you know, see what you guys were making the night for dinner. You know, just right. say what's up. So I don't know. Come by. It'd be friend. It'd be a friendly thing. You know, we're friends here, right? Yeah, exactly. We're all we're all citizens of this great city of Modesto. Exactly. And Joe, I mean, I love that you shared that that story. It's like little did your I'm not sure what would that be your great great father-in-law great great yeah. something like that would know yeah. that 
his uh, great great grandson would be city manager of Modesto. Uh, it's wild, and and actually, they used to live in Chris's district, and um, uh, off of um, um, oh, now I'm forgetting the name of it. Uh, over by Enslin, what's it called? South Morris, Chris Morris, Morris. No, so what's Griswold? Okay, Griswold. Griswold. I live off Griswold. Whoa. Maybe that. Maybe you own their house. Maybe. Mm-hmm. No, my house was built in 1989. So uh, yeah, they, it's that's way too time. way too new. So, uh, Joe, I wanted to ask, what is something that you normally do? Like, you know, what is it something that you do and enjoy about the city? Like, for me personally, yeah. Uh, well, Chris is going to love this answer. I love playing our golf courses. Um, <laughs> they're they're really good golf courses. Um, you know, I just I just enjoy being out in the community, taking in all of our wonderful restaurants and and at Gallo Center. I, I love going to the Gallo Center. So, um, you know, the the kind of normal things that that people do, but but I especially like the golf courses. I, you'll find me out there every once in a while, uh, smacking it around and. And, and yelling a little bit. I can't uh, get the ball in the hole, so. <laughs> you should see me on the putt-putt golf course at uh, Funworks. There's a lot of screaming going on because it's not good. Yeah, I'm, I'm like more into that kind of golf, personally. <laughs> um, but it is, I will say, it's nice to know that there are people out there that use the golf courses on a regular basis. So, And we've heard actually quite a bit from those people Um recently with some of our struggles with some of like our insurance companies and stuff just like jacking us around and like it makes you feel like it makes you feel really good when people care about public facilities and they're like hey like i'm glad you guys are just trying to trying to make this stuff right you know and there's those guys are out there so it's cool yeah COVID awesome. definitely brought golf back so um it's really kind of we've seen a significant uptick in the round of golf uh in the city of modesto that's awesome. I, I actually have not gone to a golf course to play golf. I've only gone to play soccer golf, actually, in the one in, in Ceres area. But, That's uh, all. I play, I play soccer golf at the oh. place in Ceres. Oh, that's cool. You should come. You well, should come do it next. Actually. Yeah, you got Oh, my God. I didn't know you played soccer golf. That's so I mean, cool. I, yeah, I can kick a ball around. It's fun. Nice. Um, nice. So, anyway, uh, so after the break, uh, we're going to get to talking a little bit more about the city manager position and what Joe does um, for our city. Um, so listeners, don't touch that dial. We'll be back after the break. You're listening to the Better Modesto Show with your host, me, Ulysses Vasquez, and host Chris Rickey uh, on Power Talk 1360 KFIV and also live on the iHeartRadio app and also available on podcasts as well. Catch you after the break. Good morning and happy Saturday morning to you. You are listening to the Better Modesto Show with your host, Jim Applegate, who is not here with us. And I'm your co-host, Ulysses Vasquez, and co-host Chris Rickey on the Power Talk 1360 KFIV and also live on the iHeartRadio app and also available on wherever you find your favorite podcast. Um, you can They're available right after Saturday morning. Um, and so if you, if you didn't catch this in the morning, hey. It's okay. There's grace to you, and you can uh, catch catch uh, all the old episodes that we've had. I think we're at episode 51 or 52 now. So uh, yeah, definitely a lot to, to catch up on. But right now we are with our our guest, City Manager Joe Lopez. Joe, how's it going over there? It's going good. It's going yeah. good. Yeah. So we've had a lot of 
conversation um, up to this point, and uh, for our listeners who've been with us, been with us, we've had a conversations about um, you recently getting a raise, and in that kind of we talked about what does a city manager do. Um, so, Joe, tell us a little bit more from the perspective of a city manager. What what is your role here? In the- sure. So, I think in a in a general sense, um, I'm the head of the organization, and I, we have about 1,200 staff that we oversee and we're considered a full service city, which means that we provide police and fire service, we have uh, utility services. um, And so we provide um, all the services to our community through the staff of 1,200 people. More importantly though, is I'm the conduit between our our mayor and city council uh, as they set the policy direction and then it's my job to execute that policy direction uh, through the work of the staff. kind of my job in a nutshell. Um, I I essentially have seven bosses and, you know, they all have different ideas and making sure that, you know, we, we gather all these ideas up uh, and we do what's in the best interest of our community and try and and serve the community uh, the best that we can. That's amazing. That's awesome. Wow. So you, you have seven bosses, right? Do. And they're all telling you different departments have different priorities because they care about their section of the city, if that's the police or fire. So how do you, how do you, I mean, I have trouble juggling, organizing, like I use a lot of sticky notes and stuff. Like how do you, how do you juggle all that? Um, practice, okay. um, you know, and, and, and every day is unique and every day provides different opportunities. The one thing I'll say is, is when you're working with elected officials, you really want them to care about the community and really do good things above all else. You know, a lot of times elected officials can come with political interests or certain um, ideologies about the way cities should work or things like that. But at the bottom line, we're here to serve the citizens of this community. And how are we gonna do that the best way possible? And so, you know, while there's seven bosses and they have seven ideas, it's really kind of gathering all that information up and formulating formulating policy recommendations of how we can best carry out the mission to, to serve our community. Um, you know, it's difficult at some times because sometimes they don't necessarily agree. Um, and sometimes it's the majority rules, right? We have seven. Uh, and if four of them agree and three of them don't, then that's okay. And um, that's democracy, right? Uh, the majority is going to prevail. And um, we try not to have that happen. We try to find kind of middle ground for, for all the different things that, that uh, individual council members want. But by and large, um, particularly this council right here, um, I think they all want the same thing. And I think that that, that is, that, that is going to help the city tremendously. When the council's on the same page, and they all have that same um, thought of wh- how are we going to make this community you know, the best it can be. And when you have that in place, the sky's the limit for what we can do for our community. Dang, that's a big compliment. Hey, Chris. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that a, a lot of it stems from the ability of the council to work with the city manager. And um, it's complicated and it's hard. And like, like Joe's saying, like trying to kind of, uh, I don't know, just just work down seven, not, well, seven different arguments, you know, six plus the mayor and try to like create a consensus is just incredibly challenging. And I don't think that people, 
realize how difficult that is, especially when you've got elected officials like myself who think we're pretty awesome and pretty smart. And we all think we're pretty awesome and pretty smart. Right. So, and Joe's got to manage those egos, like, like yours truly here, you know, like, I think I'm pretty awesome. Right. So you have to manage those things and, and, you know, in a respectful way, it's tough. So like, nobody wants Joe's job. Nobody wants Joe's job. I hear that way too often. It makes me question my life decisions, but it's all good. It's all good. I, I love what I do and I wouldn't trade it for anything. But I will also say that like it, what Joe's talking about in terms of like how the council's working together is, I mean, as a council person, I'm also just amazed by, by it because we've got a really diverse council in terms of everything, age, politics, you know, style of representing their districts like everybody's different and it's it's working and you know i think i think we also have to give the mayor a lot of credit because she's doing a really really great job um but it's just i you know i know we're not just supposed to be sitting here you know patting ourselves on the back but i just think it's 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 a this is a good you know we had a really rough period in government you know a couple years ago and it just, it's nice to be in a kind of smooth sailing kind of government situation right now, even though we have tough decisions to make, which I want to talk about, but, you know, yeah. Yeah. And, like and, and I lived through that period, right? I was a city manager when there was, um, um, the, there was not harmonious relationships. There was a lot of infighting and a lot of um, bickering for lack of a better word. Um, and it really made it difficult to, to, really provide the services that our community expects when your council doesn't get along and they, they want to use their political powers to try and one ups another council member. That's, that's a recipe for disaster. And, and Chris is right. You got to give the mayor a tremendous amount of credit. She came in, she committed to being collaborative and working together and, and she's proven that over the last year. So um, working in this environment is much easier than what it was before. And, uh, and again, that the result of that is, is the services that we were going to provide to our community. And, and I think you're starting to see kind of that shift in the community about um, looking more and understanding more of what our city is trying to do for our community. Yeah. And I mean, I want to dig into this a little bit more. And I mean, I, I as myself paying attention and and being more attentive of what's going on in our city government and local government. It, it is, I mean, I feel like I did see a lot of news articles of the past of the, of the infighting and things like that. So it is cool to not see those articles as much and see and hear from you guys, um, you know, that there's some collaboration going. But I do want to talk about, Chris, you mentioned there's some tough issues. There's some stuff that's going on. There's some important decisions coming up. What are those things that were on your mind, Chris, when you mentioned that? I mean, a whole bunch, like a whole bunch of basically what Joe and I will call unfunded mandates, right? And so one of the big ones is um, SB 1383. And so this is a, a bunch of new requirements for um, basically trash pickup. There, and, you know, there's a lot of good karma in, these, in this idea, right? That we want to have less waste, that we want to um, have more recycling in our community, that I think it's a good idea. But also we're a community that, um, you know, we're not like the most economically um, robust community. You know, we're still working on developing our, our, our local economy and getting good local jobs and all that so that people have more money, right? But anyway, it's gonna, these, these new rules are going to result in additional, um, 
additional expenses for people for their trash. It's their people's trash is going to go up, you know, between five and 10 or $12 a month. And that's significant, you know, but it's not. So the newspaper is going to write articles saying like, Hey, you know, the city raised these rates X amount of dollars and everyone's going to get so, you know, mad at the city or you did this, but we didn't do this. This was state law that required us to do this. You know, and and yes, there's some upside. Like I'm personally like I think it's cool that I'm going to have another can that I can put my, you know, tin cans and, you know, glass bottles and stuff in and do more recycling. I think that's really cool. But I wish that it wasn't kind of being forced on us since the way that it is, because it's, it makes us look like we're raising rates, you know, and maybe after the break, we can talk a little bit a little bit, a bit about the sewer rates a little bit. But we're getting like hemmed in here by things that are out of our control and then we get branded with them. and and joe this is joe's just like yeah well this is my life man welcome <laughs> to my life and i'm just like this kind of sucks you know um but anyway so like that's one of the things we're dealing with and so like i'm working on my um week on my monthly newsletter to my constituents i'm going to be talking to them a little bit about this and like the city is awesome and it did like a survey. And so I'm going to send out that survey to all of my people over email so that the people in my district know like, Hey, here's what's going on. Here are our choices and here are what our cost options are going to be. And then when the city goes to recommend what, you know, whether we should have two cans or three or whether we should have the blue can, you know, picked up every other week or every week that they'll have had their say and that they'll know that we care what they think. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think a, all your constituents and the people of the city, I mean, they appreciate that transparency. And um, we'll, we'll get into uh, talking a little bit more about some of these issues that are coming up um, and just seeing what is the city manager's perspective? How does he wrestle with these, with these different issues? So uh, you're listening to the Better Modesto show with your co-host Ulysses Vasquez and co-host Chris Rickey on Power Talk 1360 KFIV and also live on the iHeartRadio app. Already see you after the break. Good morning and happy Saturday morning to you all. I hope you all are enjoying um, a park um, downtown. You're doing something that just brings you joy in life. Uh, and some thinking, donuts for Mr. T's maybe. Yes, yes. Uh, getting the bacon one or the chocolate one. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, we appreciate that you're doing all of this while you're listening to the Med Better Modesto show with your, ho- with your host, myself, Ulysses Vasquez and co-host Chris Rickey on Power Talk 1360 KFIV and also live on the iHeartRadio app. And also you can find our episodes wherever you, you have or you listen to your favorite podcast. So definitely check us out and even give us a rating and comment on, on wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Um, you also can reach out to us on Instagram um, at Better Modesto Show. And uh, yeah, feel free to tag us on there as well. So Joe, um, how you doing over there? I'm doing great, thank you. I'm glad, I'm glad you're doing great. So one thing that I've heard sometimes is that money is never an issue when it comes to uh, city funds, right? Oh no, never. <laughs> okay, never, okay. Right, never. now we've got that straight, we can move on. <laughs> we can uh, move on, episode <laughs> So, so Chris, I know that's something that you usually talk about when you're talking about Joe is that we do a lot with a little, right? Chris, maybe you can kind of share that with yeah, Joe. Yeah, I mean, there's this perspective in Modesto. And I've lived in Modesto a long time. You know, I moved, I, I 
bought my first house in Modesto in 1999. And there's always been this perspective that, oh, you know, it's City Hall, they've got all this money and there's all these people in there and they're just, they just, they're just rolling, you know? And that's kind of the, that's kind of the perspective, I think, of a lot of people that live in our city. And we do, it is true, we do have a lot of really fantastic, incredibly talented people that work at City Hall. We couldn't do what we needed to do without these people. But if you look at like our staffing levels of our city hall compared to other cities of our size, I mean, it is, I mean, it's just outrageous how, how many, how many fewer staff members we have to do the same job. So like, whereas when I would do an event back when I, in my event days, when I was doing an event down in Newport beach, I could, there would be like, you know, the event permit guy and the, environmental guy and the parks guy there were like three guys or four guys doing jobs and in modesto when i do that same event i would have one person wearing all four of those hats you know and that's it is incredibly true you know and so like we need to give credit to our city for their ability to function um at the funding levels that we're able to give them you know um, and we also have to acknowledge that our city makes sacrifices because of our low funding levels. Maybe Joe can talk a little bit about why our funding levels are lower than some other cities. But like, and I think that might be something that people need to hear. But that's what I see. And that's and I think it's it's the reality. Well, it's, it's definitely a, a true statement. And I just I got to give a tremendous amount of credit to our staff who just work so hard to do the best that they can for this city. Chris is absolutely right. We have extremely limited resources to provide the services that our community expects of us. Um, you gotta, our, our city finances are broken up into a couple of different categories. The, the main one is our general fund. And general fund, we get our revenue through property tax, sales tax, business license and mill tax. And we, we were dealt a, a blow a long time ago in in the late 1970s when Prop 13 happened and the way the county was designated for Prop 13. That was the first thing that's hamstrung this city. And then when the various um, bubbles happened, the, the downturn in 2008, um, the city doesn't recover as fast as other communities do because of the way our tax base is set up. And so we're, we're constantly behind the eight ball in terms of how much revenue we brought in, we bring in. Um, if you look at, at cities of our comparable size, they're bringing in 10 times more, or 10 times, I should say 10 times more. They're bringing in millions more in revenue that we don't get. Either their sales tax rate is higher, their property tax allocation is higher. And so each year, our expenses are exceeding how much revenue we bring in. And that's due to a variety of different factors. Um, but at the same time, every time we, our revenue doesn't exceed our expenses, that means that something else has to go. And we've been in a constant cutting mode um, since I've arrived here in 2010. And it happened even prior to me coming, especially when the downturn happened in 2008. You look at our workforce today. In, in 2006, we had a workforce of upwards of 14, 1500 employees. And today we have 1200. And so that just tells you the amount of resources that we have available to us to serve our community. And, and let's be honest here, we're a very complicated city, 220,000 people. As I stated earlier, we're a full service city. That means we have a 
provide police, we got to provide fire, we got to fix our streets and potholes and fix our trees and, and make sure our parks are suitable for our community. A lot goes into it and we don't have the same resources that communities of our similar size have. And that's, that's just a fact. And, um, but our staff has done a tremendous job managing within the budget that we do have. Um, but we're getting to a point where it, it's getting it's getting very, very difficult to manage. Um, right now, we are 79% public safety, which means that of that general fund budget, nearly 80% of our budget is dedicated to police and fire. That means 21% is dedicated to everything else, including parks, and trees, and streets, and everything else. And that is not a... That is not a service level that our community expects of us and what makes it very challenging. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask, cause there might be listeners who are listening. And by the way, just before you go, Ulysses, what do we get complaints about trees and parks and roads and all the Light. stuff? Yeah. All the stuff that's in that 21% that needs to be more, we need to have more money for those things. So it's, and not only that, we also need more money for public safety too. We don't have enough, we're like, if you look at our percentages of police officers compared to other other communities, we're like half of what everybody else has. That's right. And then we then we get the complaints about why are people, you know, how is it that people keep running red lights? How is it people that keep, you know, running stop signs? Like, what are you gonna do about this? And when well, and when and when something bad happens to somebody, they want a police officer to show up. Well. If our staffing levels are so low and there's other priority calls, it could take a while for a police officer to show up. And, and particularly when you're in your time of need, right? We want to send somebody there, but our resources are only so much. And if there are higher level priorities, I mean, obviously if somebody's breaking into your house, that's a priority. But if somebody stole a bike out of your garage, it may take a while for a police officer to show up because there's a car accident or something else that's actively happening at that time. And that, to me, that's not acceptable. We, we want to make sure we're there for our community. That, that's our role and that's our job. Uh, but when we don't have the resources, we have to pick and choose what goes where. Okay. So, I mean, I mean, one thing I'm really hearing is that like, you want to let people know that, yes, those we you as a city, we're doing everything we can to provide those services for public safety and also parks and roads. But at the same time, there is a limitation, like a like a, a budget limitation of providing those services. Um, and I mean, that, that seems like it's something that, I mean, a lot of people don't connect two and two. Like, yeah, we want these things, but it's also going to, I mean, we're limited as, as an economy, as a local economy in our city. Yeah, and, and, and obviously we're, we're funded by the taxpayers, right? That is not lost on, on me. Um, quite certain it's not lost on our elected officials or our staff. We try to be good stewards of our taxpayer dollars. And, and um, you know, we're all we're constantly mindful of that. And we understand that, you know, our taxpayers, they have burdens. They have families to feed. You know, look at the price of gas right now. Um, there's just so many things. And Chris mentioned SB 1383. You know, that's going to be another increase that's coming. So, you know, we're very cognizant of that. Um, but at the same time, we want to do the best for our community. Um, I wish we had more resources because I, I truly believe we can do so much more for our community if we had more resources. And, you know, I'll point to the example of Measure L, which passed uh, in 2016, um, which was a tremendous benefit to us. 
Uh, and we've been diligent, diligently spending that money to put it back into our community to make sure our roads are better, uh, make sure you know we're slurring our streets to make sure we're preserving them and getting to potholes. You know, that's just an example of, you know, we got a, we got extra money. We tried to do the best we can and made sure we are not sitting on that money. We're going to put it back into service in this community. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm so thankful that to hear that there are things that are, you know, you guys are receiving that, that, that new income, that new money and putting it to use. And I, definitely in our seg- next segment, I really want to talk about what are some of those exciting things that you want to share for us that are upcoming projects uh, that we have coming up in Modesto? Uh, right. Yeah. So we'll do that. Um, and we'll, we'll do that right after the break. So you're listening to the Better Modesto Show with your host, Ulysses Vasquez, um, and our co-host, Chris Rickey, on Power Talk 1360 KFIV, and also live on the iHeartRadio app. I'll see you after the break. Good morning. Uh, you are listening to the Better Modesto Show with your host, Jim Applegate, who is not here. So I'm the host, Ulysses Vasquez, and our co-host, Chris Rickey, on Power Talk 1360 KFIV, and also live on the iHeartRadio app. And also, be sure to find us and share um, this show with others, share it with a friend, and let them know about what you are hearing about this, this conversation. Um, and yeah, share this podcast with, with uh, whoever you know. That's a great opportunity for you to just share and talk about Modesto um, in your day-to-day. So uh, we left. We definitely appreciate you being part of our morning. And uh, yeah, we're looking forward to kind of closing off our conversation here with Joe Lopez. Uh, but first, shout out to Jim. We miss you. We do miss you. Uh, and so, Joe, uh, before the break, we were talking he's about... He's probably somewhere over North Dakota right now, huh? Is he really? Well, yeah, he's on a plane right now. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's North Dakota, maybe it's South Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's Iowa. Yeah, we don't know. He's on. He's in a flyover state for sure. Yep, yep. <laughs> so, Joe, we, we wanted to, to just give you the space to really talk about, you know, what are these exciting projects that we, people, our listeners, citizens of Modesto can really look forward to? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of exciting things going on around town. We, you know, we have the new courthouse that's going up. I think that's going to be a tremendous um, asset to our um, to our downtown, to to the, the skyline that we'll have here in Modesto. It's going to be just a great addition to the downtown. You know, we continue to work on a myriad of different things. You know, Tuolumne River um, Park, we continue to make great efforts there. We got the two Prop 68 grants for, for Westside Modesto at Martin Luther King Park and Cesar Chavez Park. It's be $17 million pumped into that side of the community to build these two fabulous parks and really excited to get those um, projects going. Uh, and then, you know, we continue to address the homelessness situation here in, in Modesto, uh, the development of our Camp to Home program, which is designed to um, help individuals who are homeless become self-sustainable. You know, we a lot of people talk about our housing continuum, and usually they think about shelters and things of that nature. And we look beyond shelters. We want to see how we get people higher on the rung of the of the housing continuum. And the way you do that is through employment. And so we've created this employment pipeline so that people can, you know, get a little confidence back in their life and, and remember that they can earn and make a living and. and um, you know, you know, rewarding themselves and becoming good stewards of our community. So our camp to home program, it really, 
we got to give a lot of credit to our downtown streets team. Uh, what a tremendous asset they have been to our community. Um, they've come and they've helped a tremendous amount of people. Um, they're, they're truly a blessing for, for our community and, and, and the city is getting, you know, cleaned up because of the work that they're putting in. I mean, it was a win-win situation for us. Um, you know, the downtown streets team, the way it works is the individuals who are on the team, they get a stipend, whether it's for food or shelter or whatever it may be. And then we have a program called Ready to Work. Uh, and this is in a partnership with the state of California and Caltrans, um, where they provide minimum wage to individuals who are working on our um, state right-of-ways and they're, they're picking up trash and things of that nature. And then from there, they progress into, into the workforce. And, you know, we've been very fortunate to hire several people who have graduated from downtown streets team and ready to work. And they're actually employed with the city of Modesto, along with multiple businesses in our community who have hired individuals and have nothing but great things to say about the people that they've hired. And then what ends up happening there is, you know, we move them up the housing continuum, which frees up beds on the lower end. And we can continue this cycle and really try and help people uh, end the cycle of homelessness. So it's a program we're very proud of. Um, it's actually being uh, mentioned and modeled up and down the state of California. We're very, very proud of it. Um, we're going to continue to work on it. We're not resting on our on our laurels of, of, of the good things that we have done. So much more work that needs to be done. You know, we also have our, our chat team that's recently been hired um, where they're um, interacting with individuals who are homeless in our parks uh, or just out in our community, making sure that we're getting them proper documentation, helping them get to their doctor's appointments or whatever appointments that they may have uh, to help them be set up for success. And then our park ranger program, you know, we're it's not lost on us that, that homeless individuals like to camp out in our parks and they stay there all day. And, you know, our parks are meant for our families, for individuals to come and enjoy our parks. Um, and we don't want, you know, individuals who are there who may be disruptive to, to family time. And our new park ranger program, we're excited to get that started. We think that's going to be a tremendous help as well. Just help everyone in our parks um, and, and really enjoy themselves. I think it's going to make the park program, the park ranger program is going to make like a, a real difference, you know, like I've seen, like I take my kid to the park all the time. And the, some of the things I see happening at the parks are just, you can, you can hear my son in the background. Um, you know, some of the things we see at the parks are just, I just, you can't, you're just jaw dropping. You just can't believe it's happening. And, and I know that having park rangers is going to like dramatically improve those situations. And I'm just, so excited about it it's like we're doing stuff you know people say oh you guys aren't doing it. no we're we are doing stuff yeah yeah um and i mean parks are such a big part we have so many parks in the city it's it's pretty awesome and some of my best memories growing up have been in parks in our family growing up um going to mancini uh going to mellis which is now becoming the mlk park um so, I mean, I'm so excited to see these developments um, and also, yeah, just to provide an extra source of, of just safety and security and really get people to come out there, you know, and enjoy um, the beautiful restoration that's happening in a lot of, a lot of different parks in our city. So that's really yeah, great. Par par parks are just a, a huge part of the quality of life of our community, right? I mean, you want to be able to go there, enjoy the parks. Um, and, you know, when we have to close the bathrooms because there's been vandalism 
or whatever the case may be, you know, that that's not fun for us. And we don't make those decisions uh, lightly, but we also have to make sure everyone's safe, right? And if they're not functioning, obviously we have to, to close them off. Um, but we know that the expectation of our community is that those bathrooms are there and they're operable and that they work. And so this is where the park rangers are going to come in and make sure like those things aren't happening any longer so that we can open the restrooms and make sure that they're uh, maintained to a standard that our families and our community can can utilize them still. Yeah, definitely. Hey, uh, and Joe, I'm actually curious also, um, you know, if, if we have listeners um, who are just like really curious, like, you know what, there's some really other good ideas or areas that um, they want addressed or things that they want to be heard about, um, you know, who can they contact in the city to kind of get to address these different issues? Maybe they have something to do with a park or something along those lines. Contact me anytime. I'd be happy to hear from anybody, happy to talk to anybody anytime. And um, if I don't know the answer, I'll I'll find the answer for you and get you connected with the right people. Definitely. You want to share where your contact is info? Sure. You can email me at joelopez at modestogov.com. Okay, joelopez at modesto.gov.com. joelopez at modestogov.com. Okay. Well, it's out there now. That's fine. (laughs) No problem. That's so awesome. Um, So for one question that we like asking, you know, as we're kind of closing our time together is if Councilman Chris Rickey could just wave his magic Councilman uh, wand, I make any dream come true when it comes to here in Modesto, what would that that be for you? Well, I'd just be, if I did, if I had a magic wand, I'd just turn into Joe Lopez. Oh, please. Um, That's what I would do. Uh, I love that. <laughs> well, you know, he would. He, I think he could probably answer the question for me. And and we have to find a way to get more revenue into the city. There's so many things that we want to do. There's so many, you know, things that ways that we dream about helping our community, but understanding that we don't have the resources to do them. It's really, um, if he can make wave a magic wand, and we can have additional money comes so that we can help our community. We, that, that's really kind of where it comes down to. Um, there's so much we want to do. Chris has so many great ideas. Um, and, you know, I, I hate having the conversation where I'm like, Chris, you know, this is a resource issue and, and you know, it, it may not happen today. Maybe it'll happen later down the road if we find additional resources. But, you know, that's one of the challenging parts of my job is, you know, sometimes, council members come up with ideas and, and I, you know, I want to make it happen for them, but resource challenge and it, it becomes difficult to, to implement them. Yeah. Like, let's like talk about what that's actually like, right. One minute. <laughs> like when you say like, okay, we want to do, we're doing, the mayor came up with this great idea to do mayor's meetings in the park with every district. It's amazing. It's so awesome. But then that goes to Joe's office and Joe has to, you know, delegate, down to staff to organize all those mayor's meetings in the park. And that takes people, but that means the people that are going to be organizing that stuff can't do 20 other things that they're supposed to be doing, which takes the 500 ideas I have and makes them harder to execute too. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a vicious cycle, but you know what, again, I'm not complaining. I don't want anybody to take it as a complaint. We'll continue to be innovative and creative as we can to make sure we provide the best service to our community. Yeah, and it sounds, Joe, I mean, from just this conversation and what I've heard, 
Um, it sounds like you've been doing a wonderful job of being innovative and creative with that. So thank you. Um, yeah, looking forward to what's to come. We'd love to have you again in the future um, to continue talking about you know, some of the projects you got going on. Maybe with Jim. Anytime. Yeah. Anytime. Yeah. yeah. Well, appreciate you, Joe. Um, and yeah, definitely reach out to Joe Lopez, the city manager, if you have some suggestions or you have some creative, innovative thing that you'd like to throw out there. Um, it was a pleasure. Thanks for being with us, Joe, uh, Chris, as always. And uh, you are Thanks listening to, me. yeah, of course, of course. Uh, you are listening to the Better Modesto Show with your host, Ulysses Vasquez, and co-host Chris Rickey on Power Talk 1360, KFIV, and also live on the iHeartRadio app. Alrighty, have a great one, y'all. Yeah.